860-KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. We drew the short straw. We're with you here for the next couple of hours. And uh, glad you can uh, spend some of your morning here with us as we talk a whole lot of football with you. Uh, coming up on the program on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, really hawk heavy in the first hour of the program. Uh, to be perfectly frank, the Cyclone's going to be a little bit underserved here in the next couple of hours, though we do have Dylan Montz, and there is an Iowa State radio takeover this afternoon. Two, three, two hours or three hours? Three, uh, three hours. Two, to, two five. to five, yeah. Uh, with Emery and Sean, Emery Songer, Sean Roberts, and Eric Zamore will be in here. Uh, three hours of Cyclone Radio from uh, 2 until 5, and of course Cyclone Basketball tonight. We'll t- take a couple of minutes to uh, touch on both of those games last night. Boy, the Instators played well. Spend some time on that in the next few minutes. But in about five minutes, we're going to head to Lincoln for the first time. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette, will join the program. We'll get the... Uh, the 411. A little bit of intel from Mark. What, three and a half hours away from kickoff? Lee Sterling's going to join us in the first segment. Then we'll get the Nebraska side of things with our friend Stephen M. Sippel from the Lincoln Journal. Star Sip joins the program bottom of the hour. Back to Lincoln for Tom Cakert at 1045. We'll do basketball and football with Tom. In the 11 o'clock hour, our only NFL hit of the morning will be from Dave Sinekin. Uh, TheHeadCheese.com covers the Packers and we'll Take a quick look at Packers and the Giants. Dylan Montz will do a good segment in here on Iowa State before he heads uh, to Manhattan tomorrow, I'm assuming. Uh, but Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune, Bam and Trent and I will go around college football and take a look at some of the better rivalries from the weekend before we give you an opportunity to win some barbecue. Like, who's thinking of food, right? Uh, from Claxons. <laughs> as good as Claxons is, and it is. Oh my! This is the last thing I want to do is eat. How were? How are you? Not good. You're not good. No, no. I hung over or no, no. Didn't get to eat. I uh, got some kind of bug or I don't know, stomach flu, whatever it was. So my Thanksgiving time a year to get no turkey, no stuffing, no mashed potatoes. Did they send some home with you at least? No, no. Just doesn't not dig in that program. Doesn't sound real good right now. I bet it doesn't. <laughs> well, enough about that, Trent. Uh-huh. Uh, thank you for, for sharing those details with me. Well, that's too bad. That's too bad. Um, some NFL action we probably won't have any time to touch on, although I did see something real quick that I've never seen before, and I'm guessing if you watch the night game, you've never seen it before either. I'm speaking to our audience. Three consecutive onside kicks. Now, one of them didn't count, although it should have. Because it was a, an offside call that shouldn't have been called offside. Who's N- who's NBC's uh, ref in the booth? Ex- I yeah, I don't even know who it is. Steratore's on eight. Of course, Pereira's on seventeen. Perry's on ESPN. I don't recall, but um, you know he uh, backed up the uh, the fact that it was a bad call. But so they did it again after the penalty, and they got it again, and they scored, and they lined up for an onside kick. And they did it again. <laughs> I mean, Trent, in, the, in an era where I think it was, um, in fact, it was early in the day, um, Nance and Romo were talking about the fact that the NFL may go away from that rule in the offseason, mm-hmm. may give you the ball 4th uh, and 15 from your 25-yard line. 
You know, you can you make a play for uh, you pick up fifteen. You keep the ball. If not, the ball gets turned over. Anyways, uh, let's cut, spend a couple of minutes on on, on two terrific performances last night um, from Iowa and Iowa State. Let's do the clones since they played first of all. And, and again, uh, Trent and I have a feeling we're going to say this a whole lot this summer. Halliburton was the best cyclone on the floor. Uh-huh. Uh, boy, uh, uh, Bolton was terrific. Rasir Bolton, maybe his best game of the year. Jacobson came to life. Nixon. Uh, Condit off the bench. It was a day that they shot over 50% from three. And when the clones are making their threes, has been the case over the years, this is a very difficult out. 15 three-pointers in the game yesterday. And after, through the first, what, six games, just how terrible they've right. been shooting the basketball. Yep. You, you figure, boy, can you just hit seven or eight? Mm-hmm. Well, they double that up and they hit 15 in the game. They were outstanding shooting the basketball, but Halliburton... It is going to be just one matchup after another. Dominating performance out there. Prome gets it done against his alma mater. Mm-hmm, yeah. Some people might say that he was closer to taking that job than some people think. And those people would be right, Trent Condon. That was uh, something that I think came down to the wire on mm-hmm. that decision. But luckily for Cyclone fans, he is there in Ames. Uh, and maybe more lucky for Cyclone fans, his wife loves Ames. Yes, absolutely. 4-2 and two on the year. The win against Alabama is not going to be a resume builder. This is not an NCAA tournament team. No, but, but it's a Power 5 team. Absolutely. Now an opportunity today. Yeah, there's a good one. Against Seton Hall. Yep. And this Seton Hall team is really good. Yep. They had Michigan State on the ropes here. What was that, about a week ago, week and a half ago, I guess now, uh, looking back upon it. They're going to have to play them twice over the next week or so. But this is going to be a really good a step up in competition, certainly today. And the line is what? You get four if you take the clones? And yes. that game tips at 6 o'clock. Iowa tips at 7. They're coming off... Um, most impressive game of the year by a mile? Oh, there's no doubt, yeah. I, to do that in against that team. Uh-huh. And you can talk about Texas Tech and what they've lost. And, and outside of Moradi, there's not a whole lot there. No, right? there's not. I mean, the freshman's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Ramsey uh, is really good, although he was hurt yesterday and really struggled to make a shot. Um, but they got some parts. Beard has recruited very, very well, and this is a young team. But as they said after the game, and both McCaffrey said it and Luca Garza, I'm glad that I stuck around and watched the interviews after the game um, live uh, from the Orleans Arena. Both of, both McCaffrey and Luca both said, you know, we're, we're going to play Big Ten basketball against a very physical Texas Tech team. And Garza, uh, if you needed, uh, if, if you're wondering, um, you know, how his night went last night, well, he was really good on the floor. But Trent, this kid took a couple of shots. Uh, one in the nose, and then one cut his lip, four stitches, I think is what he came out with. Luca Garza was fantastic. So was Jordan Bohannon. What a difference, what a different team when, you know, when he's on, right? And here's the other thing. This kid, Frederick, you can buy some stock in him. He, clutch. And and that's the thing. I mean, there there are plenty of players that are talented, but he likes the big moment. Mm -hmm. You can tell that. He's not going to be scared. He's not going to back down. And those are the kind of players that you need to have. Jordan Bohannon, he has that same thing. Yep. He has that exact same wiring where he wants the ball in a big spot. Kind of look forward now, and this is a young group. Yeah, This is a group that's going to return a ton next mm-hmm. year. I don't want to say ahead of schedule or anything like that, but at the very least, that was a victory that gets you thinking, eh, maybe this isn't a lost season. You know what, Trent? I couldn't agree with you more. You know what it got me to thinking? It got me to thinking that um, I'm not sure if there's postseason. Certainly, NCAA tournament still looks like a stretch, although last night was certainly encouraging. But there's going to be nights 
that this team surprises us? Well, that was one of those nights last night. You know, the point spread came out, and what are we missing? How come Texas Tech is only giving these many points? This is a really good Texas Tech team against uh, an Iowa team who hasn't shown much of a pulse so far this year. Well, man, oh, man, they were unbelievable yesterday. McCaffrey, um, you know what? He's, he struggles to make his shot. But other than that, I I, I love the way that he runs a basketball team. I do. Uh, Kareener off the bench didn't make his shots yesterday, but when he was in there, he was, you know, statistically not maybe as effective as he's been in some of his games. Uh, Toussaint was, you know, he's had his freshman moments some nights, but, uh, you know, lots to be encouraged about. It was a really good day for both of the teams yesterday. Iowa State, I don't know how they could play any better than they did when they're making their shots. They're a different basketball team, and God knows they were making their shots yesterday against Alabama. Alabama's got a kid, Petty. I think he had 20 in the first. Boy, I don't know what, um, 20 in the first 12, 14 minutes of the first half of the game yesterday. Uh, and then they kind of figured him out a little bit, although he did twist an ankle and that may have had something to do with it as well. All right, let's get Mark Morris, Mark, Mark Morehouse in here, Cedar Rapids Gazette, gazette.com. Mark Trenton, Ken, thanks for giving us a few minutes on a, a busy Friday morning for you. Uh, set the scene for us, Mark Morehouse. Raining kind of miserable weather that we're experiencing over here in central Iowa is my assumption. How are you? Good, good. I'm. Uh, it looks like there's a little rain going on. It's kind of windy. Um, I don't think it's going to snow, but uh, uh, the temperature supposed to temperature supposed to rise here for most of the day. So I think we're going to be looking at rain, maybe maybe some freezing rain, but it's pretty much going to be miserable. Uh, Mark, if you were to to pull the coaching staff and the players that have played in this game, do you think they'll miss playing on Friday for the next couple of years? I know they'll get back there eventually, but not for the next couple of years. Will they miss this, do you think, Mark? Um, you know, I don't know. I, I think, I know Ferentz likes to uh, get them out at least a little bit early. Um, so we're basically talking a day, and he, he does like that for for Black Friday. Um, players, you know, hard to say. Uh, I think they kind of like the spotlight that the Black Friday game brings. It's a, a fairly prominent national spotlight, not a lot of competition for the day. And you're either going to be on Fox or sometimes ESPN. I guess Big Ten Network is, is in that mix, too, for the Iowa-Nebraska game. But, yeah, I think uh, it's a good deal. Uh, I... Yeah. I I don't see Iowa talking Wisconsin into it. I think Wisconsin sounds like it's kind of dead set against it. Wouldn't be shocked to see the Gophers. I mean, I think the Gophers and the Huskers have decided to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think uh, restarted in 2022. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, 22. And uh starts all over again with the Huskers and, and Iowa and uh, like nothing ever happened. So I, I guess this is sort of uh, the Big Ten has just decided to live with this. I mean, this was uh, the last AD at Nebraska, and uh, Coach uh, Mike Riley just not wanting to play the Black Friday and getting out of it, and they thought they did, uh, and then Nebraska decided that was a really bad idea, and they (laughs) wanted right back into it. So, strange deal. Uh, Hard to say if Iowa doesn't like it, but uh, I think Iowa right now is kind of used to it and is is down with it. I think Iowa would play Wisconsin on Black Friday if Wisconsin were down for it. Well, here we are in the final one for the next couple of seasons. Nebraska playing for bowl eligibility. You know, running the football has been an issue throughout this season for the Iowa football team. You can run it against Nebraska, but you can also run it against Purdue and Illinois 
and many others on this schedule, and the Hawkeyes haven't been able to. Do you anticipate at all that I was going to be successful running the football, that they're going to be able to go out there and run for, say, 130, 140 yards in this game? I think so. I think Nebraska's uh, rush defense just isn't very good. Uh, I think I will be able, will be able to get them there, um, but I don't. I wouldn't put. I, I don't think Trent that will be the thing that wins it for Iowa. I just I haven't seen enough out of that rushing offense this year to go. Okay, they're ready to dominate today. Uh, I, I just haven't seen that. So I think they'll contribute, but unless I was you know winning time of possession and the offensive line is sitting on guys in the fourth quarter, then it really didn't do its job. So. Uh, It'll be an element, but the passing game is going to have to make some play. Now, Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette, is our guest. Mark, Adrian Martinez, and I guess, I, and maybe it was more of a product of being Maryland, but I think he finally looked healthy for the first time in some time, both running the football, throwing the football. I think the Hawks are going to get the best of Adrian Martinez today. How about you? I, I would agree with that. He's uh, uh last three games, he's averaged more than 300 yards of total offense. Uh, running the ball well, you're right, he, he's been hurt, and I think that the, that's kind of put a damper on his entire season. I think he missed two games, uh, or three games, and, you know, I think that, obviously, he was a big thing coming out last year. I mean, everybody thought him as a sophomore. He was part of the reason why people were picking the Huskers to win the West, and, you know, it didn't turn out that way. Uh, you know, I, 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 last night, I went out out here and I had a lot of people ask or talk about uh, Luke McCaffrey. And it mm. sounds like that there's maybe he gets a package here and there, which tells me that, okay, maybe they're not totally satisfied. Or maybe maybe Martinez just, you know, is still hurt and is still kind of bothered by that. So I, I wonder what's going on in Nebraska quarterback. Martinez is good when he's healthy. I, I'm not sure how healthy he is. And uh, you're right, though, Ken. He's been picking it up the last couple of weeks. I, I think Iowa will see um, a hard-working Semi-healthy, probably, Adrian Martinez. So, Mark, uh, this one, a win puts him at 9-3. and three. That is not rarefied air, but it certainly puts him up there in the upper echelon of Ferentz coach teams. A loss, losing to your rival, limping into the bowl schedule. How important is this for the Iowa football program as a whole, finding a way to get a victory here today? I always think, I always think Trent, that uh, whenever you're up against a break, you know, whether it be the end of the season, a bye, uh, with the bowl game, whenever you're up against a break that's kind of extended, and I think the bowl break is kind of extended, mm-hmm. um, you, it always is better to win than lose. I mean, it just the program is infused with energy. Um, you have a good feeling walking off the field from the last time. Um, everybody's sort of like, okay, they want to turn the page and do the next cool thing. Um, if you lose, then it's uh, you got to deal with you know angry fans. You're going to have to deal with. Uh, you know, when you get in the car to go to practice, it's going to feel just a little bit colder. So, yeah, I think just just that, you know, just for that feeling, just a feeling of accomplishment. I, I do think it's a big deal that way, Trent. Um, and I maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I think Ferris kind of likes uh, knocking heads with Nebraska. Hmm. I think he's one of those, yeah. you know, he's he, he's always kind of dug fighting with the Blue Bloods and, you know, Nebraska still has that aura with it. You know, we can argue about that all day, but it still does, in my opinion. And I think fans kind of likes that, and I think he likes beating Nebraska. Uh, last thing for you, Mark Morehouse, and again, um, you know, we'll we'll obviously find out more about this, but there's speculation out there that Wirfs and Epinesa leaving for the NFL draft may not be the foregone conclusion that most people assumed that it would be. 
Are you hearing anything along those lines, Mark? Um, yeah, actually. Uh, not, I don't know where to classify the information because mm-hmm. it's really new and it's uh, from a way different source, but but good person and I, who I trust. And uh, yeah, I think that is kind of on the table. I can't remember the exact reason, um, huh, but I think the deal is that he, that Tristan, uh, AJ, Alaric Jackson, and oh, who's the other guy? Uh, Chauncey. Those guys are really tight. I mean, really good friends. And so I think, I, I kind of think they're locked together. And I, so I think if one doesn't go, I think the other three mm-hmm. might stay. So that's kind of what I'm basing that on. Um, so uh, as far as reportable, uh, it's a million right. miles away. Yep. Um, but I would, that's, that is one scenario I've heard. They're, they're friends that have want it, and they're kind of want to be together. Um, but, uh, you know, 20th, 20, I think uh, 20s for AJ and Tristan in the next track, which might actually put them on the line because, you know, I think that's about, oh, I want to say about $7 million signing bonus compared to the one that Hawkinson got going to number eight, which was $12 million. So they're, you know, they, I think worse for sure could come back and be an uh, outland contender. I think AJ for sure would be, uh, oh, uh, uh, Nagurski Award contender, and of course they would make a lot more money in the draft. So look at those projections, and you know, look at the math. I would look up SpotRack.com. That's the best uh, uh, NFL draft salary site out there. Um, and just kind of look at that math, and kind of okay, here's here's a here's where a 20th pick goes. Here's what they get. Here's where a 10th pick goes. Here's what they get. Um, I think. I think there's some debate. I don't think it's a slam dunk. Uh, I think you're right. I, I don't think it's a slam dunk that people think it was or should be. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Mark, thank you for giving us some time this morning. We'll uh, talk with you next week. Thank you, Mark. You, you bet, guys. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to you. So some encouraging news right there. Uh, Hawkeye. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. All right, Lee Sterling, let's get to him. Boy, he's on a roll. 16-4. and four. Type of role, Trent Condon. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, Lee, uh, thanks for coming on, Lee Sterling. How are you? Thanks for being flexible. How's things? Uh, good, good. I uh, ate way too much as normal. Yes. And um, on a scale of 1 to 10, moving at like a 2, 2.5, where I'm normally sitting at least a 7 and an 8. So that mm. tryptophan has really kicked in. And yes. <laughs> maybe also uh, having a sliver of pumpkin pie, apple pie, cherry pie, and then Two pieces each of banana, cream pie, and blueberry pie kind of did me in. Wow. That's a, that's a pick six almost there, right? There, Lee Sterling. Well, let's get to it, shall we? We've got some games to talk about, and we're glad that we have you on to opine on those. Uh, we're going to spend a lot of time in the Big Ten and the Big 12 before we get to your game of the week, and that's an NFL tilt. But first of all, let's go to the north of us. They'll decide the West in the Big Ten. The Badgers, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. TCF Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. How do you see it? So, hey, I love the season that Minnesota had. It's a great story, but uh, I think they're going to be up against it here. Why do I say that? you got a team in Wisconsin. If you look at both teams and both all the units, best unit, in my opinion, is Wisconsin defense. I mean, number seven in the country, and the way to shut down Minnesota is to stop them on third down. You make them, you know, where they only can maybe convert on – 28, 30%, they're in trouble. I mean, right now, Wisconsin, 
first in the nation in third down conversions allowed. So just think losing last year will give them also a little more motivation on top of going to the Big Big Ten championship game. They lost 37-15. That game last year, 4-0 turnover disadvantage. That really did Wisconsin in. And I just think that Jim Leinert's going to come up with a, a really good scheme. He's got extra time to prepare here. You know, he's been uh, getting ready for the last couple weeks. And uh, so I think he's going to bring the heat early and often. And Wisconsin dropped that Paul Bunyan axe trophy for the first time in 14 years last year. They get it back this year, 28-20. 28-20 in that one. Let's go to the tilt over on the other side, Ohio State and Michigan it's called the game. Should be a great one once again. Big number here, though. Eight and a half. What do you see with the Buckeyes and Wolverines? Okay, so weather is a factor in a couple of these games. And I think this is one of these games. And uh, if I'd like 10, 11 points if the weather was perfect. But remember, Michigan did play real well in a driving rainstorm against Notre Dame. They played like as if it wasn't even rain, like it was 55 degrees and clear. So that concerns me a little, but... Just think that Ohio State last week, those three fumbles were uncharacteristic. They'd only had nine turnovers all season. Whatever Michigan does, Ohio State does better. Shea Patterson's nice quarterback. Josh Fields, different level. 35 touchdowns, only one interception. Nice running backs from Michigan. J.K. Dobbins, cut above. 6.6 yards per carry. Michigan is trending up, but I think they almost have to play a perfect game to win. I like Ohio State. They pull away late, 31-20. Trent, will save the locals for you. Let's do Bedlam, Lee Sterling. Oklahoma, 12-and-a-half on the road. Stillwater against the Cowboys. This is crazy. I mean, Oklahoma's lost one game. I, I, I can't remember seeing this. And they're 1-6 and six against the spread the last seven games. They are what we call, came up with this term, spread hemorrhaging <laughs> uh, to the finish line. Also 0-4 against the spread in the last four games. They're winning games, you know, by less than... 10 points every game, but, you know, they're not covering spreads here, and everyone's talking about Oklahoma State that changes. Yeah, well, they got a new quarterback, but the backup started 22 games at Hawaii, threw for 37 touchdowns, has completed almost in 100 passes this year, almost 75% of his passes, and Hubbard, one of the best running backs in the country, and Oklahoma brought in a new defensive coordinator, <laughs> no good. Uh, they just they can't plug any holes. They don't have any playmakers at defensive line, linebacker, defensive back, a bunch of just average guys that can't get off blocks here. Grab all the points you can. Oklahoma 34-30. 34-30, that is a cover for Drew Brown and company at Oklahoma State. Finish it up in the state of Iowa. Let's first go to tomorrow. The Cyclones favored by four and a half down in the Little Apple of Manhattan. K-State getting the points. So... Kansas State is is a good team. They're a solid team. For some reason, Iowa State's been on the road. They're ten and three, the last thirteen on the road. They, you know, they just they're getting better and better. I mean, they've lost a few games this year, but the, their red zone offense is improving. They are also what I think that's going to make the difference. Be able to score when they get in the red zone. Kansas State, I, I was shocked to see this number. They're ranked dead last in red zone defense, 130th of 130 teams. And that was what Iowa State had trouble, especially like in the Baylor game, a few other games, putting it in the end zone. Um, Purdy just keeps getting better. Uh, I, 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 you know, he threw, they, they, they won last year 42-38. 
He was 20 for 27 for 337, two touchdowns. He'll do it again. Iowa State 37-27 over, over Kansas State. Iowa State with the win and the cover in that one. We finish up two hours away from kickoff. It's Black Friday. Iowa on the road at Nebraska. The Hawkeyes favored by five and a half. So I, I think if Nebraska, they would ideally like to have better weather. You've got a quarterback that's mobile. Iowa, I think they should be fine with this kind of weather. The problem here is Iowa's not faced a quarterback like Adrian Martinez. I mean, he poses so many different problems they don't see. And all the other quarterbacks they've seen this year, their offense only 102 in the country. Even if they get up by, let's say, 7 or 10 points, you know, they play so conservatively. I mean, uh, even only, let's say, a third and five, third and seven, let's say they're up, you know, eight, ten points with two and a half, three minutes to go in the game. I mean, after running a couple times on first and second down, I mean, what, what do they do usually? They'll do negative action, fake one way, roll the other way, and just try to throw it to the tight end, a safe play. It, they're just too predictable here. And I think Nebraska, with a bowl game on the line, they're going to be motivated here, and that back door being open, even if it, Iowa has the lead. I think Iowa's going to blow this game. I think Nebraska's going to find a way to win this game 27-25. All right, Lee, your game of the week is just to the south of us. It's uh, in Kansas City. It's the Raiders. It's the Chiefs. It's an AFC West, an AFC West tilt. The Chiefs favored by 10. If the crew wants more information, how can they reach you? Just call me here at 800-400-9741. First 10 callers get this game for free. And we have our, our most popular promotion. Everyone's waiting for this all the time. It's the Turkey Shootout. Uh, 15 games uh, through the, the Sunday night game. And what a start it's been. We've already won the first two games. We've had some 13-2, and 12-3 and three finishes on this promotion. If they want to purchase it, got 35 minutes left. 13 games, got three big games going today. It's all available right now. Normally 197 just $97 for 13 games, ParamountSports.com. Lee, uh, thank you for doing this. We will talk to you next week. Appreciate it, Lee Look Sterling. Look forward to it, guys. Yep, take care. Have a great week. Yep, you do the same. Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. All right, we'll take a break. We'll head back to Lincoln. Uh, Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal star. Uh, is, is there a couple of packages for McCaffrey? Mark Morrow's, that's what the mm. buzz he got last night from walking around. Well, ask simple that and more, and we continue here as we take you up until noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 14-6. Sip, Trent and Ken, how are you this morning, my friend? I'm excited. I mean, really yeah. excited. I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, it's always sort of bittersweet, though, because it's coming to an end. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> but we don't talk about it <laughs> like we do. What was I, course, um, thinking, yeah, no, Sip? What was I, course, thinking when he decided, you know what, uh, we're not in, we're not digging this Iowa-Nebraska thing on Black Friday anymore. Uh, what was he, what was going through his mind? I, for one, am going to miss the hell out of this game on Friday. Yeah, I don't know. It just, I think there's a, maybe some upper-level administrators become kind of tone-deaf, I think, or they don't, they're just not fully engaged with what the fans want. I don't know if they, it, it, if it's because they kind of, some of them kind of close themselves off a little too much, but yeah, this is, this, this feels beautiful. I mean, it feels pretty big. It's strangely, right? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's not, I mean, the nation's, the nation's not paying attention, but it's, you know, in this little region of ours, it feels really big. It is big, certainly, for bowl eligibility. Nebraska has to get it, though. 
they could get in at five and seven as their APR, I think, is second out of the possible five and seven teams. Still want to get this one, get that bowl destination figured out. That's been a conversation. What else has been the prevailing theme here this week coming off the big win against Maryland? Well, I mean, the one thing you could do is say, why do you, why does it feel big? I mean, and I guess I, I, in answering that question, I think I can answer the question you just asked. Um, it feels big and because of the bowl situation, like you mentioned, but also, and I want to make something clear, Trent, they're not going to get in through APR. They don't win. If, if Nebraska loses today, they won't get in the bowl game. I mean, it's we, Parker Gabriel, our beat writer, dived into that pretty far, and it's clear that Nebraska's got to win today. Um, exceedingly remote chances to make it at five and seven. So that is big. But also what makes it big over here is, just, uh, is that I was the nemesis now. I mean, it's that it. four game, the four-game Iowa winning streak wears on you. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a big moment. Now, I don't know if you guys understand, but it'll be big in that stadium if Nebraska wins. It'll get, if it gets into the third quarter and it looks like Nebraska's in position, it's going to get wild in, over there. It will, because it's, it's big for Nebraska, again, to, to take care of the streak. I mean, they, it, I, they don't talk about it that much, but just by the feel of the way kind of Frost ran things this week, it's, it's it feels like an enormous game over here. Yeah, that's great. I mean that that was when uh, when they put the game in the place that they did. They being uh, the Big Ten, I think that that's what they were hoping for, and they've got it. And only to see it come to an end, which is crazy. So, uh, Sip, let me get your take on this. We just had Mark Morehouse, so I know you'll know, and you'll cross paths with him in the press box later on. He was out walking around Lincoln last night, and talking to some folks, and and he believes that yep, that Adrian Martinez is probably as healthy as he's been all year. Yet there's a lot of people that he spoke with that fully expect that there's going to be some packages for Luke McCaffrey today. Do you get the same feeling? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, most definitely. Um, some of that conversation relates to Wandale Robinson's health. Yeah. We don't know if Wandale Robinson is going to play or not. If Now, if he doesn't play the McCaffrey anticipation really gets heightened, right? Now, you, but I think Wandale might play. That's one of the things we'll be, that's one of the things we'll really be watching in warmups. Um, but even if Wandale Robinson were to play, yeah, I, th- I still think McCaffrey will be involved. It's hard to say what, to what extent. It's hard to say exactly what it'll look like. I mean, in the, in the, just the, if the theme is pulling out all the stops, to get this win, that would be one you'd look at, uh, look at really closely because his speed, his speed is very alluring and it's it'll be dangerous. But I mean, the one part of the conversation that's sort of amusing to me is that he could go in as a pure receiver and change the game. I just it's hard to do. I mean, mm-hmm. he hasn't practiced. He's only been practicing, you know, less maybe a little over a week or a week, and you're facing a really good secondary, um, but. The package question is the interesting one. I mean, you could snap the ball to him direct. Um, you could put him in the backfield. You know, there's different, there's a lot of different ways you can use it. Just to, to back up the McCaffrey thing, and, and look, 
it's hard for me to even say this because what Christian McCaffrey's doing in the NFL, but there were pl- people and a lot of them that believed that this McCaffrey, Luke McCaffrey, of the McCaffrey boys, had the most uh, talent in the family. I'm not sure I can go there, but that's pretty high. That's pretty high praise uh, considering what uh, his older brother's been do- up to. Yeah, and I haven't. You know, I don't know that I. Based on what I've seen, it's hard. It would be really hard for me to back that sort of notion. I mean, Christian. Christian, for a while in the NFL this year, was regarded as a legit leading MVP candidate. Now that that's tailed off that mm-hmm. conversation, right. but but I mean I don't know I don't know that Luke is as versatile um, as Christian. I think Luke I see him more as just a he's a pure quarterback, um, and he's got to get bigger. You know he's got he's not obviously like his brothers. Because he's younger. Now, it is going to look interesting to me when he does start to put on size because he's super fast. You know, he's one of the top. You know, most of the guys over there um, have talked about his speed. A lot of the guys have talked about his speed, and they all agree that uh, his teammates tell you that he's one of the three fastest guys on the team. Sip, there's been a lot of talk this week about respect, and it's a conversation that started over in Lincoln that – well, they, we don't believe the Iowa players respect us much anymore. Colin Miller's out of what? Yeah, Colin Miller came up with that one. And you read the whole transcript of his quote. It isn't exactly damning by any means, but of course you take that little snippet and people are going to run with it. When you hear that respect word and inside of this rivalry, what does that mean to you? Well, I mean, on, on, from the Nebraska standpoint, how could they not respect Iowa at this point? Um, Iowa's averaged six point yards a carry against Nebraska in the last four games. It's not a small sample size. I mean, six. I mean, six point yards a carry. Six point zero yards per carry. Six point zero yards per carry. How do you how do you not respect that? I mean, what what in what planet would you not look at that and say, wow, they're averaging that against us? And they're not. Those even those haven't even been great rushing teams. Right. Um, Nebraska, on the other hand, is averaging 3.5 yards a carry in that four-game span. What respect means to me is just that. I mean, how, how could on this end, how could Nebraska not respect Iowa? What, what it's time for Nebraska to do is match Nebraska. What it's time for Nebraska to do is match Iowa's intensity. Um, it's, it always feels like Iowa plays with a harder edge in this game, and that's I think Frost. This week, my guess is he's working hard to change that. That he's trying to. He's. I, I hope he's doing that. I mean, that's what I really hope. I mean, because they Nebraska's got to come out and and swing. You know, they got to they got to you know they got to swing back harder. I mean, it just seems to me in, in this series, Iowa's got an advantage in the mental department for whatever reason. Um, and so I don't know. I don't know what. I can't really pinpoint it. They kind of play like the underdog, but now they're beating them so bad. I don't know. I can't really call them an underdog. Um, you know, Nebraska's been sort of this kind of haughty program, that, but it's that's that's got to be wearing off. So I just hope today. What I hope today is to see Nebraska slug with Iowa, hmm. really slug with them, like they did last year. I mean, they mm-hmm. did in the second half last. year. Uh, before I let you go, I've got to get your take on uh, tomorrow, uh, what's going on up north of us. Gophers trying to keep the axe but win the West at the same time. Uh, do they sip or do the Badgers pick them off? I, I really, I mean, it's somewhat irrational, I think, how much I I like the Minnesota win, to win that game. Um, part of it is I was 
pretty influenced by what I saw when Minnesota beat Penn State at TCF Bank Stadium, and, and it was just a raucous environment. I mean, it was. I think the environment there is. I don't, maybe it doesn't get enough discussion, and I just I've, I've watched a lot of Wisconsin, and I've seen teams running on them, mm-hmm. and Minnesota can do that, but Minnesota can also hurt them through the air. I just don't know if Wisconsin with Jack Cohn can score enough. I, I think Minnesota can, you know, get it to 31 and maybe win by 10. And that's what I really, I'm so surprised by, like Lee, you know, Lee is on your show, Lee yep. Sterling, mm-hmm. who I have great respect for. He's on a heater over here. Yeah. Um, 16, he's 16 and four. Um, but he, but he was really confident in picking Wisconsin. I just can't, I didn't, I'm, I'm just really surprised to hear that. I love Minnesota next. Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal Star. Sippel, give us 30 seconds on this. Was your radio show any different today on a, on a game day? You, you're on in the mornings over there from, what, 6 until 8? Um, did it, did, I mean, the feel of a kind of a big pregame day over there? Yeah, it, yeah, it does. It did. That's interesting that you asked that question. <clears throat> yeah, it felt, it felt big. I mean, it, just at the station today, I mean, they're running shows all day long. Yeah. Um, it, it does. It feels big here. Uh, I, it's interesting to me, too. It's, um, I think the stadium will be loud and kind of, I think it could be kind of daunting for Iowa over there today. Sip, we'll talk to you next week. We'll talk about, you know, where they're going to, uh, how they beat Iowa, or, you know, they're putting the equipment away for another year. But we'll, uh, we'll recap this next week with you, Sip. Thank you for doing this for us today. Appreciate it, my friend. All right, my friend. Um, we'll uh, talk next week. Take Thank you, pal. Good Thanks, to talk sir. to you. Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star. Time out. One more trip back to Lincoln with Tom Caker at Hawkeye Report. After this break, Dylan Monson, on Iowa State. If you're wondering where's the Cyclone content on this program, there are two teams in the state. After all, you're right. Uh, from 2 until 5, Cyclone Takeover Radio. Today on KXNO. Emery Songer, Sean Roberts, Eric Zamorna. Three hours of Cyclone Talk, 2 to 5 this afternoon. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 14... Boom. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you here until noon. Uh, coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, we'll do a quick uh, quick NFL hit. Dave Sinekin on the Packers uh, as they head uh, to New Jersey, take on the Giants. Dylan Montz will slide on in here. Bama Bob Trent and I going around college football. We'll give away some barbecue from our friends at Claxons before our picks. Let's head back to Lincoln. Tom Caker uh, from HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. Let's start with basketball. Uh, far and away, I was uh, best effort of the uh, season. Season so far against a pretty, I mean, I get it. Texas Tech lost a lot of guys, uh, but they've recruited very well. Really nice win last night, uh, Tom. Uh, good to see. Yeah, it was a uh, really good effort from Iowa. I thought, that, you know, Texas Tech is among the tougher teams that you're going to face. I know it's a lot of new personnel, but that the, the kind of the DNA of that, of that team with Chris Beard as the head coach has just been toughness and getting in passing lanes. Iowa was a tougher team last night. They just they played with great effort, great intensity the entire game. Uh, Iowa seems to be I, – I don't think there's really any question. The personality of the team now is Luca Garza. Mm-hmm. He is the 
unquestioned team leader. He's the, the face of the, of, of the team. And they kind of thrive off of him and live off of him and what he does. And he, I mean, look at him. He bloodied up and he's still yeah. out there battling and fighting and, and uh, bloodied up twice, actually. Mm-hmm. So just a great win. And now they get another shot uh, to, for a second straight year to win a, a tournament, a preseason tournament title uh, when they face San Diego State. You know, the great thing to see, certainly, with this team, and you mentioned Luca Garza and his play, he's always been able to score. That's never been a problem, but what he's doing on the defensive end, he's rebounding at a better level, but especially on the defensive end, him and the whole crew, the way they played defensively, Garza on the back end of that impacts, certainly, that defense it feels like going forward. Yeah, and as they were mentioned on the telecast, he doesn't foul a lot, and that's yeah. even more impressive that because... And the, let's face it, without Nunji, now they're mm, yeah. limited uh, you know, with uh, with size. So uh, they're going to need to keep him on the floor. He's going to have to play 35 minutes a game. It's just That's just how it is. And, and uh, he's just been really super effective. And it helps, I think, like last night, when you can surround him with Wieskamp and Bohannon and Frederick out there on the perimeter and those guys are knocking down shots because then they can't run those double teams at Luca, and he's able to operate more freely in the post. Yeah, it was great to see Bohannon making the shots he did last night. I'm not sure how many more games he's got this year, Tom, but uh, that remains to be seen. One more on basketball. It, it appears that uh, Frederick uh, was born with that clutch gene, uh, at least last night. Boy, he was clutch down the stretch. He's, uh, he's just a tough kid. He's smart. Doesn't make mistakes, um, you know. Low turnover guy, um, just and he gives them something defensively too. I think he was getting in passing lanes, guards his man. Um, I just, I, I really like, um, you know, what he brings to the table. He's not going to be the greatest high flying athlete, but um, he gives them exactly what they need, which is just a good compliment to what Wieskamp, Bohannon when he's out there. Uh, and, and what they're able to do, and but and you know we should mention that that clutch shot, Cordell Pemsel. What a uh, pass! What a yes. play! Yes, um, you know, and to seeing that that because a lot of times you just lose track of it uh-huh. under the basket like that when it, it's a shot that's not going to dry, or mm-hmm. he got that and was able to you know find uh, find Frederick for that shot. It's reminiscent. Cordell did kind of the same thing at that. When Bohannon beat Wisconsin on that three, it was Cordell with a great pass in that situation to set up Jordan Bohannon. San Diego State tonight, then it's the ACC Big Ten Challenge with Syracuse, followed by Michigan and Minnesota, Mm. Iowa State, Cincinnati Mm. after that. This is going to be a long slog here in this one. But if it goes better than anticipated, I think most everybody felt like Bohannon was going to shut it down. Let's say they do get hot here and they go 5-2 and during this stretch. Does that change the plans of Bohannon and what he does the rest of the year? Maybe. Um, but I, you know, I, I still think he's going to end up shutting it down, mm, but yeah. that's just me. And that's what I, I think, I think it's just, it just seems like he's going to play to Iowa state and then reevaluate things. But I think he'll probably end up shutting it down, but it, maybe, if, you know, if they want to run, why not just keep playing? <laughs> you know, if they, if they win, you know, five of those games, why not keep playing? I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of quad one wins in that stretch if you're winning. That's for sure. <laughs> a bunch of games, so um, that's gonna help their resume. And uh, you know, I, I looked last night. The, their their uh, Ken Palm rating took a took a pretty significant jump for uh, that rating system. When jumps up, when you go up 13 spots, that's a lot in mm-hmm. one game. 
No doubt about that. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, well, we're a couple hours away yet uh, from the uh, the big uh, test over in uh, Memorial Stadium in Lincoln today. Uh, weather forecast apparently is going to be there's going to be some rain throughout the game, drizzle, just kind of a bland kind of day. Uh, Hawks going to have to run the ball, and they've certainly struggled to do that. Is that the key to the game? Uh, for Iowa to be able to effectively run the football against the Nebraska defense that uh, you know likes to give up uh, yards in the ground is that the biggest key to the game in your mind, Tom? I think so. Yeah, but Illinois gave up was was known for giving up a lot of yards in the ground too, and Iowa could not run the football. But just talking to the guys on Tuesday, it seemed like there's a little more sense of urgency this week, and um, just uh, with the run game, just talk, at least talking to Kyler Shot, he. He just said the the practice has been a little more intense uh, with the, the run game, and they, they've got to get that going today because um, the conditions are just going to dictate it. It seems like it's you know the weather forecast right now that I just looked at. Right now, it's not really raining; it's kind of drizzly and foggy here. But um, you know, the weather forecast that I saw is like second half. It looks like it's going to be a pretty steady rain, and the wind's probably going to pick up a little bit. So you. You want to get out early in this game and uh, and get a lead, I think. Charged up uh, Nebraska team, is that what you anticipate seeing? And certainly the crowd to go along with it. The last Black Friday game here for Iowa-Nebraska the next couple of seasons. Yeah, I would suspect they're going to be pretty charged up. Iowa's got plenty to play for, too. I know a lot of talk has been, well, Nebraska's playing to get to a bowl game and get those bowl practices. Iowa's playing to, to potentially end up with 10 wins this year, and mm-hmm. that doesn't happen every year. Um, so I think that's as significant uh, for the Hawkeyes, and they want to retain another trophy. I mean, it's a chance to, to keep three of the four and uh, and continue this win streak against Nebraska and extend it to five straight. Uh, Hawkeyes win. Where's the most likely bowl destination? If uh, Nebraska picks them off, where does that put them? Boy, it, uh, you know, I think the holiday you know it's interesting the citrus bowls here today yeah i saw that i thought that was interesting yeah and um and just i think that's an outside thing that a lot of things would have to happen uh, for that to fall into place but at least it's interesting i still think holiday if they lose i think probably red box that's Mm. that would be my guess now make you happy tom you've told us you got family up there and be great for you to be able to stay with them it's a little better on the hawkeye budget uh, hawkeye report (laughs) budget uh good to talk to tom caker we'll do this again next week thanks for giving us a few minutes tom Okay, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Tom Kickert, HawkeyeReport.com. All right, 11 o'clock hour coming up next. We'll do five or six minutes of an NFL hit with Dave Sinekin. It's the Packers. It's the Giants. The Packers lead the North, as you know. That'll be our only NFL guest. Dylan Montslide's in here. We'll do Bama Trent and I. We'll go around rivalry weekend in college football. We've got barbecue to give away from Claxons and our picks before we get out of here at noon. Mark Charters as well. Miller and Cond, another hour to go. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.